Hello, and welcome to Front Office Features. I am Rob Crane, and we have another guest from another colleague. Jeez, man, we just I just keep going through the list. Uh, we have Kate Sullivan. She is our inside sales manager. Hi, Kate. Hey, Rob. How are you? I am great. Um, it's exciting to be able to uh, to talk with you. Uh, one, uh, you have an interesting background, of course. And uh, two, you're like hi hiring like a lot of people. Yes, I am. I'm certainly diving into that right now, which is great. So I was thinking, I was like, before we got into this, I was like, I know what we're going to talk about. I know what we're going to do. I was like, I think we're going to label this one. Like, maybe we can, me and you are going to have to create the name, but like, I want to come up with a, like the Boston Celtics are hiring, like be my colleague, right? Like be our colleague. Yeah. We've got to, we've got to, we've got to, we've got to come up with a good name. We got to create a good name, good episode title. What do you think? We can do that. We can do that. I mean, it's a benefit of being able to work with the two of us. So that's, that's <laughs> beat that. we, we, we got to start. Th we got to start thinking about this. Maybe something will come in or maybe it's just like get hired by the Celtics. Learn how here. We can we're, work with that. We're vibing. We're vibing. Yeah. We're just going to figure this out. We're going to figure this out. So, okay. Like, I think I don't read comic books, but I do like the term origin story. I don't, I've never read a comic book in my life. Um, but I do like the term origin story because it kind of gives you the background. What's your origin story? Yeah, I'm I'm not into the the comic book world either, so I totally. I, have a, there, I told but... I, I I don't know <laughs> if you listened to the Max episode or not. I won't hold it against you, uh, but I haven't watched a movie in, in ten plus years. My list of movies keeps growing, and yeah, you know, I feel like, like keeps I growing of like things it... that you want to watch or things things that I need to watch, like recommendations coming in that it's just this long, long list. And, you know, I have a lot of basketball games to go to these days. So the movies are on the back burner. Yeah. I, I haven't, I'm telling you, I haven't watched the movie. It's got, we went through this last time. It's been too long. I won't re bore everybody without that. So anyway, tell us about you. Yes. Yeah, so I am the inside sales manager here with the Celtics. Um, I started with the Celtics in September. So relatively new to the Celtics. You're newer than me. Yes, I sure am. You're newer than me. Yeah, so, I remember your little. So we get a nice little email that gives a background of everybody and the, from, yep. uh, uh, and that's always nice to see. That's right, you're newer than me. Ah, <laughs> so I'm new to the Celtics. I'm not necessarily new to the Boston sports world, um, but starting way back before September. Um, so I grew up just outside of Boston, about a half hour west of the city. Um, I went to the College of the Holy Cross for college, yeah. and I was Holy Cross, go Crusaders, go Crusaders. They were really good at football. They are. They are. They're... They've improved a lot since I was there. Um, there's a new coach that's been absolutely crushing it. And I think they've won the Patriot League four years in a row now and keep climbing, which is awesome to see. When I was with the Woo Sox, we um, we did, the, I, you know, I was part of the deal uh, to bring and to bring them to play one football game a year awesome. at uh, Polar Park. And all their people were uh, all their people were great. Yeah, no, though there's a lot of a lot of purple in the, this neck of the woods. Uh, the Holy Cross and my brother, my brother-in-law, my brother-in-law works there. He's in admissions. We got a lot of connections uh, yes. for the old uh, through Holy Cross. Absolutely. But I always I was screwed a... up, though. It's always the College of the Holy Cross. College right? of. Like, so I, I always mess that up. I, oh, I did not go to the College of Springfield. I went to Springfield College. Yeah. <laughs> no, so I, I chose to go to the College of the Holy Cross. Perfect. Um, very proud of, of my Crusaders, but I was a Spanish and political science double major, double major in college. So I am oh, certainly not the seems, typical sport management path, sport business path. 
Um, I did run track at college. Um, so I was a mid distance runner there. What's mid distance? How far is that? 400, 800,000. Got it. Um, So a lap, two laps, two and a half laps. Exactly. So the 800 was my niche. Took me a little bit, a little bit of time to get going. So the 400 was too short. The 800, not that I ran either of them fast, but I needed that second (laughs) lap to, to catch up and (laughs) really get going. Um, for some reason I chose the hilliest campus to go run track at. Jeez. Oh man. If you hadn't been a Holy Cross, Holy Cross sits on like this top of this hill that just like overlooks the city. They're like, they are the kingdom of Worcester. It feels like because they are way the hell up there and they just like look down on what is going on. And there's like, steep inclines to get up there absolutely i mean we'd go to practice and coach would say okay we're gonna do a hill workout today and i was like i just did a hill workout getting from the dining hall to class and back and forth <laughs> all day long i don't need to do another one but we did yeah, it. yeah right i can understand that i can under i can understand that yeah so i went to holy cross loved it and then was trying to figure out you know what did i want to do with my spanish and political science degrees so why and, was it spanish and political science in the beginning yeah for me i've always been more of a history, English letters person. I'm not a numbers person at all. So to have been, I never heard about that. I've always said, you know, a numbers person, but like a letters person, I've never heard that phrase before. And I'm stealing that. I just thought I'm (laughs) going to tell you right now, Kate, I am stealing that. I'm not a numbers person. I'm a letters person. It's going to throw somebody off and I'm going to love that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Definitely not a numbers person. So how I figured out a letters person. That's great. I love that. For eight years. I don't know. But you know, I've always, enjoyed like the current events and media and communications. And that was kind of my tie to the political science side of things. It wasn't necessarily the the philosophy side that was a little too heavy, deep and real for me, but I liked the current events. I liked media. Um, I liked writing papers and reading a lot was kind of my thing. Um, Spanish was, I'd taken it all through high school. I took it freshman year of college more so to check the box, but I really liked my professors. Um, I had some really great friends in the class that we all kind of kept taking the same Spanish classes together, um, ended up studying abroad in Spain for a semester. So that was one of those things that was just really interesting from a culture standpoint and a different, you know, language standpoint to be able to do both of those. So can you speak? I enjoyed the comp. I could. I'm definitely really rusty. <laughs> right. um, I used to be really good at it when I studied abroad in Spain. I lived with the host family and they had three little kids and only spoke Spanish. So it was awesome, but I'm definitely not using it as much as I used to. My wife was a Spanish minor. She went to Quinnipiac and she can barely say Ola, I think. (laughs) (laughs) It's tough. I was just getting dinner last week with one of my friends from Holy Cross and we went to Spain together and she's actually heading back to Spain in a few months. So she's starting to take some Spanish classes now to just refresh. I'm going to have to hit you up. It's uh, my wife and I's 15th wedding anniversary this year. And the idea is to go to Spain. That's awesome. Have yeah, you like, been before? No, I've never been to 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 Europe, right? Like uh I am I feel I've been to like 40 some states, right? Like I've traveled around the United States and you know done the whole like Mexico, Jamaica, you know, kind of thing. But I've never been that way. Like, you know, across the pond east. And uh I'm looking forward uh to that. So it's gonna be a culture shock, which I'm like really looking forward to. If we if we decide to do this, which I hope we do. You definitely should. I mean, you only have one 15 year wedding anniversary. So that's right. Well. That is right. That is right. I agree. I agree. We got to go somewhere big. And when you start doing these wedding anniversaries of 15 years, right? Like no one cares about year 16 or like 11, right? You only care about the fives and the zeros. And we're on a five. You got to do something good. Absolutely. I fully support it. I was in La Coruña. So it's just north of Portugal on the coast. 
Um, mm. So it's a little bit more removed from like a Madrid or a Barcelona, but um, it was awesome. So there's definitely, you can't go wrong in Spain. The food's great. The drinks are great. The culture is great. So food, drinks, culture, all, all of them sound great. Um, uh, sounds that really sounds fantastic. Yeah. So maybe I'll go along with you. I'll That'd be great. Come on. We need a tour guide. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So I did that. And then my first job coming out of Holy Cross was at the Boston Red Sox in their inside sales program. And for me, I never woke up and was like, hey, I want to be a salesperson. If people out there say that, awesome, more credit to them. But that certainly wasn't me. I kind of had that vision of like the car salesman from Matilda, the one we probably have seen. I, I don't like, I don't know Matilda. I don't know that. But like car salesman, yes, I absolutely. Uh, that's what I thought too. Coming out, I was like, I'm not going to be a salesperson. Salespeople suck. Right. Yeah. And so that's not like, the case. But can we go back to that real quick? How did you yeah. even get the inside sales gig with the Red Sox? Like that also sounds really good. Yeah. I think for me, it was doing it within college. It was doing a bunch of different things. So I worked in our athletic office and I was on the media relations side. So I covered the hockey team and the lacrosse team and the football team, you know, doing the pregame interviews, the postgame recaps and writing feature stories. And I just loved being a part of kind of the behind the scenes inner workings of how do you put on these games? How do you put on these events? What are the coaches up to? I obviously knew some of the players just from being student athletes with them and just having them be some of my friends, but really able to look at it from a different angle was awesome. Um, I had had an internship with the media company and I was more on like the production side of things, which was cool, but I learned through that. That wasn't necessarily the side of it that I wanted to be on. I was more, I liked the guest interaction. I liked the people interaction. So that's what I was looking for. Um, and so then I started working in our development office at Holy Cross and reaching out to alumni. I worked in our admissions office doing, you know, interviews. So that was your first students. kind of foray into sales was the development. Yeah. And office. I didn't even realize I was doing it, to be honest. It was more, I just liked to talk to people. I liked to be out and about. I didn't like sitting at a desk. So being able to do a lot of different types of intangible skills, I guess, of communicating, problem solving, strategic thinking, that was just kind of what I found myself in and. I guess I was able to kind of translate that story into sales and, and learn through doing. Um, but I wasn't that person that had a minor league baseball internship or sport management course or anything like that, that I really had to kind of talk about my story more so than just putting it on paper. Cause on paper, it might look a little bit all over the place, but I really learned from each experience what I liked, what I didn't like, what I wanted to continue to learn at. Um, and that's just kind of always been my passion of the learning piece and that challenge yeah. piece of just getting outside your comfort zone a little bit. Cool. They, um, so, th so then that's how you transitioned into the, um, into the Red Sox and with our yeah. good friend, David Baggs, who's a wonderful guy. Um, yes. so tell me about like, tell me about that. Tell me about how that w went after you got it yeah. in into the Red Sox. For me, Did you have I mean, a connection I'm, there. Did you have a connection there? Or just it like, applied? no, it was really just through the, the Holy Cross alumni network of reaching out to alums that were, you know, in the sports space, doing all different things and just having different conversations and learning more about what those options look like. Um, I can't say I really knew what an inside sales program was or what inside sales really meant um, prior to going in through like the interview process and all that. But it was really just through different networking conversations um, and building out different relationships to, to help through that process. And that those um, relationships that you built through reaching out helped you get to the Red Sox? Yes. Yep. So yeah, the Holy Cross alum, alumni network was huge um, in helping facilitate some of those conversations and relationships. And then it was on me to be prepared for those and to be able to follow up and follow through um, and be able to you know make an impression through that interview process. I 
uh, scream from the rooftops on this podcast if I were on said rooftop, but I'm actually in a basement. And is one of the things I totally screwed up in is I went to Springfield College because it's Jock College, right? And there's a whole bunch of uh, sports people that come out of there. And what you did, I did the exact opposite. I reached out to nobody. And I was like, that was the dumbest thing ever. I went to whole school because of the uh, alumni and I screwed that up. But you did not. And I love the, uh, you said, learn by doing, right? So you just like went into the development office and just started talking to people and told a story that led you and using this alumni network to then propel you to the Red Sox. This is great. This is great. You are just telling everybody in your real life what happened, like what we try to do, you know, every couple of weeks. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. It's I feel like college is, there's so much at your fingertips, right? And it's really, are you going to go take advantage of it or are you not? And I wasn't necessarily going to, you know, I wasn't going with the mindset of, I'm going to add this to my resume. It was things that I was really interested in. It was things that I wanted to spend my time doing. It was you know, people that I wanted to get connected with. And I just like being busy. I like having you know, things <laughs> to do. You. Busy is um, better than bored. So, you know, that was kind of how those experiences all happened. And then going to the Red Sox, you know, Bags is a huge mentor of mine. Um, I actually saw him at the Celtics game um, last night, which was great. And I think for, for me, it was huge having a manager that was as invested in me as I was in the job, that he was really there to teach me, coach me, give me the tools and resources I needed to be successful. And when I started at the Red Sox, I was became known as the 10 man plan, right field box girl. I was selling the <laughs> smallest package and the least expensive seats. And I sold a heck of a lot of them. Um, but I wanted more than that. And I think what was hard is, you know, what I've learned is so much of sales is what you put into it is directly correlated with what you get out of it. And so for me, I had to hustle. I had to be that person that was putting in all that effort to sell that 10 man plan. So whether it was making that one extra call at the end of the night or volunteering for the extra sales table or helping out the group sales team or the premium team with different client events, I just said yes to everything because I just wanted to learn and wanted to be a part of it. And I knew I wanted to be more than just the 10 man plans. And it didn't (laughs) happen overnight, but bags could see I was putting the effort in. I was really hustling. I really wanted it. And, you know, he helped me figure out how do I turn these 10 man plans into those larger sales or into more consistent sales. And again, I was there for a year, year and a half. So it took patience, which isn't necessarily my strongest characteristic. Um, But I had to just be committed to that hard work. And thankfully I had a great manager and great teammates around me that a lot of my teammates from that inside sales room, I'm still super close with to this day. And we all still connect and we're all spread out doing different things now. Um, But it was huge to have that group of people that truly understood the grind and the late nights and a summer baseball schedule yeah, right. and, and doing all that and having really great people alongside you while you were doing it. They, uh, we talk a lot about, there's two things in life you can control is your effort and your attitude, right? Like if you show up, give full effort and you do it with a smile on your face, like things will come to you. Like you'll have opportunities. Um, and if you do both of those things, well, just like try really hard and be friendly. Like it's going to work out, right? Like so it's going to, those two instincts or characteristics, I should say, uh, work out well. And then yes is just like the right answer, right? It's just, it's, it's just, yep, I'm in. Yes. Yes is all, yes, especially no matter if, you know, uh, I, I call myself mid-career, like yes is still the right answer. Yeah, I'm in. Whatever you want. Yeah, yes, yes. Absolutely. And it's like, you're not necessarily going to get 
if I make that one extra phone call tonight, that doesn't mean that person's answering the call tonight and getting the sale tonight. But if I do that consistently over time, I'm going to get that yes. And it just, it's easier said than done for sure. And you're going to have days where you're just not into it. But I think having that motivation or really kind of having that perspective of why are you doing it and what do you want to get out of it and keeping yourself to that why helps you overcome those challenges, regardless of if it's a sales role, a marketing role, a communications role, you're going to have challenges, you're going to have obstacles. Yeah, right. So it's how do you set yourself up to overcome those? And it was for me, starting myself with really good people, um, starting myself with a really good process and really just having that trust in myself that I was just going to have to go do it um, and just work really hard at it. Yeah. Go, go and do, go and do is great. So then you went and you saw, um, then you were like across the hall from us, I guess, kind of typically, right. Went to the Bruins and now literally like the Bruins offices from us are just like one level up. Yeah, it's crazy. So I went from the Red Sox to the Bruins and that was when we were over on the Portland street office. So we were separate from the garden. Um, and I was there for about five years as an account executive on their new business team. So that was really just next step career-wise, the building out my book of business, still selling full menu, season tickets, partial plan, suite rentals, premium. Um, and that was awesome. I definitely wanted to get into some of the, those larger sales, those larger packages that I talked about. And so that was awesome to be able to you know, stay within the Boston market, but you know, continue to move my career forward um, and really build out and have ownership over my book of business and ownership of my clients. So that was great. But for me, I've also always had this interest in the teaching and coaching space. And I was looking to make that pivot into more of a leadership role. And a lot of times in sports, and and you've done it too, in order to move up, you have to move out. And so for me, moving out was going to New Jersey, which isn't that far away. um, But it was definitely a a big decision for me. I have a huge family network here in the New England, Boston area. And so while it was only three and a half, four hours away, it was still a decision I had to make. But professionally, it was the right decision to be able to go get that new experience and to go get that next challenge, um, to be able to go be an inside sales manager with the New Jersey Devils after about five years in Boston um, with the Bruins. What was the, so there's a, at least for me, right? Like when I went from managing nobody to then managing people, it's like you're on the other side of a desk, right? Like, tell me about your experience from going from like, you know, being the person being talked to, I guess, not that it's you're not anyway, but like then like trying to coach these people, like how was that experience going from one end to the other? Yeah, it was a really funky time because it was, I started with the devils February of 2021. So that was right in the middle of the pandemic. So oh, right. yeah. I was completely virtual to start. Um, so it was, here I am new company, new organization, new team, new role. It wasn't like I was in a selling role anymore. I was in a leadership role. And first time doing that and basically getting to know my my team and my sales reps through a, a Zoom screen for uh, many, many months. And I give my sales reps tons of credit for the work they were doing. They were making cold calls from their bedroom. That's not the nature <laughs> of an inside sales program. And they were working so, so hard. And especially, you know, there's a lot going on in the, in the world at that time. And for them to really be as committed as they were and worked as hard as they did, was awesome. Um, and then we were able to get into the office, which was great and actually meet them and see how tall people were. Be able to work with them. And, and for me, my biggest wins changed from my biggest win, maybe had been my biggest sale or getting my client that I've been working with for a long time to upgrade into something. My biggest wins then became my reps, biggest wins. And that wasn't just from a revenue side. It was seeing them come in from day one, brand new, not knowing what they were doing to then having 
that small sit, yeah, that 10 man plan sale turn into something and for them to turn those no's into yeses or get one more uh, prospect out to a game that night. So it started with those small wins that led to bigger wins. And for me, that was my motivation or that was my, you know, excitement point where I could see it starting to click for them and I could see the confidence they had in themselves. And it, that's a much different type of sale, um, being able to do that in that type of market. So I give them a ton of credit and it's also a good for- manager line right there. I give them a ton of credit. They take all the credit, right? Those are, but those are natural instincts, uh, from good, uh, sales leaders or just, I guess, leaders in general. Yeah. I think, cause they're the ones on the phones, right? They're the ones that are, they're on the front lines and, I always told them I'm big on a two-way street. You know, I, I'm here to help you. I'm here to provide you those tools and resources that I had when I was in your shoes. You have to earn it and you have to want it. You have to go get it. I'm not going to drive the car for you, but I'll be that co-pilot. And it was awesome to have that one-on-one coaching and those one-on-one relationships where I could really figure out what made each rep tick, what worked for them, what was you know their why or their motivating factor and how can we build off of that. And it's been awesome to see you know my first few classes of ISRs come in and now they're growing their careers. Um, and that's kudos to them and their hard work and, and what they're doing each day. So that was an awesome experience. And then the opportunity to be able to came open to come back to Boston. And so for me, that was able to align personally and professionally to continue to advance my career within the sports space, but also be closer to home. And in sports, that's not always possible or doable. So that's very living grateful. the dream right there, Kate. That's living yeah, the dream so right very, there. Very, very grateful um, to be able to kind of stay in the space that I'm in, but also be back home doing it. So you're, so let's get into, let's, let's, let's get into this, Kate. Let's get in. You come in in September and you are tasked to start an inside sale, restart an inside sales program, right? They had one. Now it's, uh, it's coming back. Tell me about, you know, this, tell me about what's your plan. How are you going to do this? Like, what's the game plan? Short-term, long-term, the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, how much time do we have, Rob? Um, but it's a no. podcast. We could do this forever, <laughs> right? Like I, we're just hanging out. <laughs> no, it's been great. I think for me, it's kind of funny. I came in in September as the inside sales manager without an inside sales team. So I came in here <laughs> right. and you know, what I was most excited about and, and very excited about still is the opportunity to build and it's really having a blank canvas of what we want this program to be. And I think we have you know, great leadership and great examples from when this program existed, you know, six or seven years ago and a really great history and track record. So it's an opportunity to build off of that, um, but also add some new things and do some things a little bit differently. And it's been huge having the resources and, and the leadership within the Celtics and, and having a lot of different departments on board and a lot of different support um, throughout the sales and service team, especially of, of bringing this back and really helping the Celtics in a yeah. really interesting spot, be able to continue to push our business forward and, and get creative and be proactive. Um, so the last few months have been spent on figuring out what are we going to train on? How are we going to train it? What are we selling? How are we selling it? What are we recruiting? You know, where are we recruiting? How are we hiring? What does that process look like? And so really being able to kind of put on that project management hat a little bit yeah. and be creative with it. And now we recently launched the application for our inside sales program um, the first class will be starting this June. And so, you know, now we're really going to market with it, which is exciting to see some of this first phase um, go live. And there's definitely still a lot of work to be done, but you now starting to go through the the recruiting and hiring process now over the next few months to be able to welcome our first class in the spring. All right, let's start at the start. What does inside, what does inside sales mean? Yeah, great question. So inside sales, um, the primary responsibility, it's a revenue generating role. So it lives within the the ticket sales department. And the primary responsibility is to help us drive revenue through 
waitlist deposits for our full season ticket memberships, through our partial plans, through suite rentals, through our premium memberships, uh, whether that's through phone calls, emails, meeting prospects at games, um, doing different sales events. So it's really getting creative with figuring out why people come to games, who they come to games with, what's most important for them when they're coming out to games, and then helping find the best fit package-wise for them and being that resource for them as they're asking questions and looking to come out to more Celtics games. Right. So you're the inside sales is like there's kind of you're trying to grow a base, but there's also a little base like, you know, the uh, wait list and some of the things that we do with, you know, tabling and those types of things. It's it's those types of people that are already there. So inside. So like, what are you looking for when you and you talked about a class? What is uh, before I go into what are you looking for? What is a class? What is that? What does that mean? Yes. So with the inside sales program, it's really a program. So you're coming in in a group of about six ISRs. So six inside sales reps where you're really coming in as a team. You all have the same start date. You all have the same training. You all go through the same onboarding and you really have those built in teammates from the start. Um, And so this class will run um, in beginning in June and go for about eight months. Um, So being able to come in, work really hard during that time, help us sell Celtics, waitlist deposits, mini plans, sweet rentals, really be that full menu seller um, and help prepare you for whatever that next step is beyond Celtics inside sales. It's also good. Um, full menu selling is not typical either. So like, that's good to be able to like, you know, if you're going to go sell a suite, that's, that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. I think what makes the Celtics Inside Sales program unique is definitely the focus on the B2B opportunities. So selling to businesses and corporations. Um, I think for us, we have an opportunity here where we have a really strong group of senior sellers that have been here for a long time and are really strong with their book of business and what they do. And this is an opportunity for us to really make sure that we're connecting with all of the leads that that are interested in learning more about the Celtics and whether it's rafters or sports deck or you know suite rentals for client entertainment. Um, being able to have an inside sales group really focus on those nightly suite rentals, I think will be awesome experience for them. And they'll be able to really start to get to know new clients um, right from the beginning. All right. So now let's get into it, right? So you're in the midst of hiring this stuff uh, uh, for the in, uh, inside sales reps. What are you looking for? Um, you know, and like, take me through your process. How do you recruit? Do you recruit? Do you just hit like, hey, LinkedIn, we're hiring and then just like get the flood of people that are coming in? Like, how does this work? Yeah, I think that's that's a loaded question. It's a good question. <laughs> um, you know, I think with this program, it's it's an entry level program. So you know, we're looking for those recent college grads that are looking to start their sports business career, and you know, maybe have had a few internships in the past, or have done a few different volunteer experiences, or taken a few different classes that you know lead them to this type of path um and are interested in getting their career started in in the business side of sports um i'm not necessarily looking for you know experience cold calling or experience you know direct selling i i didn't have that experience going into yeah, my but you had the program. Uh, yeah but i didn't have an inside sales program but i mean you were in the development office banging out uh calls to alums to try and have them give so i mean the correlation is there Absolutely. And so I think that's what's important is I'm looking for, you know, recent grads that have that curiosity, have that coachability, have that level of competitiveness where they're coming in, they're eager to learn, they're eager to work. Um, They've done a few things already that show that they have interest in this space and they're ready to learn in this type of space. Um, But they're going to come in and take that coaching and 
and help us get better, um, bring new ideas to the table, speak up and ask questions. And I think that level of competitiveness comes from being collaboratively competitive, where you're going right. to be a great teammate. If you're having a great day, we're gonna be like, Hey Rob, that's awesome. Like you've been working so hard on that sale. Congratulations. If you're having a tough day, it's be like, Hey Rob, that was me yesterday. Shake it off. Like, let's go grab a coffee. You're good. Um, and trying to create that, that environment within the inside sales program. So when you are, you've been, a, how long has the inside sales uh, application been uh, open? Yep. Uh, we rolled out the application in mid-January. So it's been open for about two weeks now. And how many applications are you at? Uh, we're at just over 1,100 applications <laughs> right now. <laughs> and how many are you hiring for? Uh, we'll be hiring six inside sales reps. So, well, well, the good there's good news here. The one we ju- we just did an interview with Max, right? He's inter- he's trying to uh, bring someone on his strategy team, and he had about a thousand people. But at least you got eleven hundred, and now we're hiring six, right? Your odds are six times as great. How have you seen people separate themselves from eleven hundred in two weeks? And yeah. then you're going to have to narrow that down and narrow it down. You know, it goes into a funnel. Like, I feel like at least getting the Going from 1,100, just you're not going to talk to 1,100 people, but like going from 1,100 to the first interview is the biggest step, right? Because then you're just selling yourself and you can get there. But like sometimes people get overlooked by, and they didn't get to that first interview where they could have then, you know, um, been able to sell themselves, tell their story and be able to kind of continue down, um, continue down the funnel. Like, how have you had people separate themselves to go from 1100 to then having a Zoom interview with Kate? Yeah, we're definitely still in the, the very early stages of, of all of that. Um, but I think what's what's important when we're going through this process is for candidates to really showcase their why. And I know that can be sometimes hard to do in a resume, but really showcasing why they want this role, what's important to them about this role and and where they can see this role helping them continue to grow. Um, So I think having certain experiences throughout, you know, college is certainly helpful being able to maybe write a a statement line or two at at the top of a resume that, you know, showcases or explains why your experience is your experience and and how that experience helps tell your story. So like at the Um, beginning, at the top of the resume, just been like this, almost your why statement, like what motivates you to get into? What are some of the better why statements that you've heard? Yeah, I think, no, it's a, it's a good question. I think. I like when you tell me that, like, it's a good question. It makes me feel uh, (laughs) like I'm doing a pretty good job here. So, and I, I appreciate the good question. Even if I ask really stupid questions, can you just continue to tell me that's a good question? That'd be great. Absolutely. Thanks. No, I think, you know, the, those important why statements, I think, can explain, they can help show whether it's your level of competitiveness, they can show your self-drive, your self-motivation, they can maybe showcase overcoming a, a challenge or an obstacle. Now, this isn't a paragraph where we're going through <laughs> you a lot do of this. resumes, you so do it this has to be st- succinct and, and be clear. Um you know, if you're applying for a sales job, you probably want to mention sales in that statement. Or if you're applying for a business job, oh, yeah. you probably want to mention business. Um, so I think it's just tailoring the resume to what that job description is, whether it's this position or any other position someone's applying for. Um, if you're applying for a sales one, mention something about sales or business. If you're doing something for marketing, mention marketing. If it's not true, don't put it. <laughs> uh, you want to be authentic to who you are. But 
I think that helps just give a little insight into who you are beyond just a piece of paper. There's something that drives me crazy and I want to get your opinion. What is your opinion when the advice is given? This has been given by college professors. This has been given by parents. This has been given by every, I don't know. This It's been given and I think it's terrible advice. Well, just go start out in sales and then you can go do whatever you really want. What is your opinion of that advice? Yeah, I'm actually really glad you brought this up, Rob. So great question. Great question uh, <laughs> again. Ding, 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 ding. You're cruising. You're cruising. <laughs> um, but I will say a phrase I hear a lot is I just want to get my foot in the door. Oh, yes. I hate and, that. I think we did a whole podcast about that one time. And I was like, okay, ah, good. puke. Uh, because not, you know, outside of the fact that everyone says that, my hope you want to do more than just get your foot in the door, right? Like you want to be able to hopefully come in and actually do something and and make an impact. And so if your goal is just to get your foot in the door, well, if I get your foot in the door, then what are you going to do? Um, This whole program is about growth. It's about development. It's about really getting yourself outside of your comfort zone, learning something new. So if your goal is, I just want to get my foot in the door, that's not going to get you very far. (laughs) Then what? (laughs) So I just think that's hard. And I think speaking to sales specifically and not to discount anything else sales is hard sales you get a lot of no's sales is a specific type of grind and it's a specific type of daily responsibility that you have and every department has that every vertical has that sales is not for everyone and that is okay but if your goal of coming in to this program is i'm curious about sales and i know it's outside my comfort zone but i'm open to that challenge awesome. That, that makes sense. But if you're saying, Hey, I want to go do hockey analytics, for example, I really want to get into hockey ops and, and hockey scouting. Sure. There is definitely some intangible skills that carry over between sales and hockey analytics. The skills we're going to teach in inside sales will not help you get that next position in hockey analytics. There are two different worlds. So while you can right. make relationships and connections, that's wonderful. But I've always told some of my reps when I was at the devils that may have been interested in a marketing role long-term or a partnerships role long-term, you have to do the sales part really, really well to gain right. that opportunity in marketing or gain that opportunity in partnerships. Because if I can go to the marketing person and say, hey, Rob's been my inside sales rep for the last eight months. He's doing really, really well. He's a super hard worker. Sales isn't his thing long-term. He's actually really interested in partnerships. You'd be that much more interested in speaking to that person if they crushed something and did really well that they actually weren't that interested in, but had a more of a motivation or interest in something else versus not succeeding at the sales thing. It's much harder to make that jump. I always think that it's, you know, if someone says like, oh, yeah, let's go take the same thing, right? Like, oh, I'm going to, I want to be in social media, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to start here in in sales. God, you're like, you're not going to be a great, the odds of you being a great salesperson because you always have your eye on something else is going to be bad, right? Like, and it's not going to be that way. It's like, you're going to say like, oh, that person wasn't really good. I know that she doesn't really want sales and, you know, she wants this social media stuff, but like it didn't work or he didn't want, like it didn't work out, right? So like your class time at the end of the eight months is just going to like end. And then you're going to be like, well, now what? Right. It's like, oh, you got your foot in the door. Now what? Right. Like it never answers the full question. I always just think it's terrible advice. And I want every human being on the face of the earth to stop giving the advice. Oh, just get in the sales and see what and get your foot in the door. No, don't get your foot in the door. The foot's just you got to go all in. Right. Like there's more to that. There's more. 
Absolutely. And it's such a huge opportunity that you want to be able to take advantage of it as much as possible. And in order to be able to take advantage of it as much as possible, you have to work really hard. You have to drive results first and foremost. It's, you know, it's a revenue driving position. So is that going to happen overnight? No, you're going to have to work hard. You're going to have to lean into the training, lean into the development, lean into your peers and your colleagues and your managers around you. But we're all here to help you do that if you're putting in that hard work and that effort. Um, so I think that's the biggest thing. And again, it goes, again, I never woke up and said, I want to be a salesperson, but I was interested in that type of work. I was interested in that type of skill set and in that type of challenge that I was motivated by it. So therefore I worked really hard at it. Well, I also think too, it's like, go back to your story, right? And you went into development office. That's, and you said learning by doing, right? That's learning by doing, right? You got to pick up the phone, talk to an alum and say, dear alum, would you like to donate money to the college of the Holy Cross? And they would tell you, no, I would not, or they would not answer the phone or, or sometimes you get a yes. If you, obviously you like that and it allowed you to move for, move forward, right? Like, I, my advice is if try sales and see if you can get your foot in the door, go to the development office to try sales to see if you can, if that's something that you want to. Learning what you don't like is just as valuable as learning what you do like. And if you can narrow that down and then you can go tell the authentic story like you did to get to the Red Sox, you are in a much better opportunity, much better position to succeed. Take it outside of sales. If you narrow it down, like, I don't really want to sales, but let's go back to the social media uh, story. But you're like, hey, I started working for the campus social media thing. And I was like, I really like this. And you know, we did XYZ programs and drove engagement. Now you just told an authentic story about what you really wanted to do, right? Just coming out there really, like, I don't know, I'll do anything, right? The I'll do anything is driving you crazy too. I'm not looking totally. for it. We're looking for no. something specific. Absolutely. And it's okay. And I think that's where the college college experiences matter so much, regardless of what you're studying, because every college is different with the majors that they have and the classes you can take. So I went to a liberal arts school. There was no sport management major, but I did a lot of different things that helped me figure out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to do it. And so I talk to students all the time. I want to work. And they say, I want to work in professional sports. Sports is cool. Sports is fun. It has its benefits for sure. I wouldn't be in this industry for eight years if it didn't, but it's it's hard. It has its own sets of challenges. And it's really important, in my opinion, to get that athletic experience in college where it's super accessible and you can do so many different things. I don't care if you do marketing. I don't care if you do operations. I don't care if you do sales. Do something within your athletic department. And then you'll see, am I okay missing nights and weekends with my friends? Am I okay getting up early or right. staying out late? writing, you know, waiting for the, the coach after the game to ask him some interview questions. Am I okay going, changing the arena over from a basketball game to a hockey game? There's so much involved there that is such wonderful experience that you'll figure out then, is this for me? Is this not for me? If it's not for you, awesome. So glad you figured it out when you could and you have opportunities to make that pivot. Um, and, you know, this is your first job. It's certainly not going to be your last job, but you want to be able to continue to tell your story and continue to to make the right moves as you get that experience and make sure that it's the right fit for you as you're going along with it. Let's also go back to something you said that was very important that Chris and I have talked about too, is your, is your why statement. Why are you doing this? Enjoying and liking sports is not a why statement. I enjoy and like food a lot, but I am not a chef, right? And that's a good Chris Valente line. I cannot take credit for that line. There's a Chris <laughs> Valente line, but it's so true, right? Like, 
there's a lot of things I like, but like, that's not my why, right? Like you've got to really create, um, a why statement. I, uh, you know, and I, and I, and like the whole reason to do that, right? Like, you know, someone just recently, right. There's a p- potential partner that I am bringing to a game next Friday, I think. And got them to be able to go on the court with their kid. And it's their kid's first game. And it's like going to be this thing. And she's like, you don't have to go above and on and, and do all this stuff. And I was like, no, this is my why. Having the opportunity to create this memory with your child and then be able to potentially tie a business relationship into this. This is like why I do this. So like, that's the easy part. That's my why, right? Like when I see you guys get a picture on, on the court and that's going to be on your Christmas card and that's going to be framed in your house, right? Like, and having that opportunity for the job that I do, that's one of the reasons I do this, right? And so it's more than just, well, it was fun to watch Jason Tatum score 30, right? Like, yeah, that's cool too, but that's not my why. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I think that's where... It's the relationship building that's huge. And that's kind of how I've always approached my sales style. And I think everyone has their own sales swing, if you will. And you can be a little bit more direct. You can be a little bit more hardcore. You can be a little bit more relationship. And for me, I've always just really tried to get to know my clients and figure out why they come to games, who they come to games with, what's most important for them when they come to games. Are they bringing out their niece or nephew? Are they bringing out their their grandfather that you know got them interested in, in the sport to begin with? Are they bringing out an important client? What's going to make this night impactful for them? We've all gone to so many different games and so many different arenas for so many different sports. You're not driving home within a night remembering what the score was. I can't yeah, right. like, I know we won last night. I can't tell you what the score was. I don't remember. You know, I know Jason Tatum scored a bunch of points. That's great. That's not the core of, of why we do what we do and how we do what we do. Um, so I think it's really being able to ask really great questions to your clients or really be able to provide those types of experiences that helps you stay grounded. And why are you working those long nights or working those weekends or, or doing all these different things? Because it ends up paying off for both sides at the end. Um, and that's the the impact that you can make. Um, I think that's super important. So, okay. As we, um, totally agree. And as we wrap this up, right. People are listening to me like, all right, this is going to be good, but if there's 1100 people like, all right, what's the best advice that you can give? You don't know. There'll be a class next year and there'll be classes on all this stuff. Like what's the best advice right now? You're like, all right, I am, I think I am just grad. I'm grad. I'm graduating in May. This thing starts in June. This is going to be perfect. Okay. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Rob and Kate got me going. I want to work for the Celtics. What, what now, now, what do I, now, what do I do? (laughs) Step one, take a deep breath, roll the shoulders back. It's senior spring. Enjoy it. You know, it's been a crazy last few years and everyone's done a ton of hard work to, to get to put themselves where they're at right now. So that's step one of recognize kind of be present with where you're at and and try and enjoy that moment. I know it can be stressful when you're going through it all and it's hard to keep that perspective, but try and be present and be where you are um, for right now. I think the next piece is, you know, follow up and follow through. Um, I think it's easy to, you know, submit a resume and just let it sit there and let it do its thing. Be persistent, um, follow up and follow through. That's not to say you're necessarily going to get a response to to every LinkedIn message or every email or, or every phone call, whatever the case may be. Um, but if you can continue to tell your story, I think that's important. So it's being able to provide the right content in the right places and, and following through on that um, will add up over time. 
Now, it's not that you're going to get a response every single time, but I think it continues to showcase your why and your your reasoning and your perspective, and that's always helpful. They, uh, you definitely, uh, it, you're not going to get a response every time. I mean, like, welcome to sales too, right? So that's part of it, right? You, just, you can't just put all your eggs in one basket that the you're going to get the Celtics inside sales, you know, inside sales job, right? The odds are that you won't. But like you got to try real hard to to be able to get it. You said present moment awareness. I'm a big Pearl Jam fan. One of my favorite Pearl Jam songs is a song called Present Tense, and it's fantastic. It was the song? If put it, everybody watch this. The end of the Jordan documentary. The last song of the last episode was Present Tense by Pearl Jam. It's a great song. Great song. It's on my. It's on. It's on my Pearl Jam album of all the things. I'm a big, big Pearl Jam guy. Anyway. Present Love tense. That. We gotta go listen to it. <laughs> um, hey, this was fun. Did Thanks you have a good time? Me. Did you did, did you have a good time? You asked great questions. We <laughs> talked about the college of the Holy Cross. We went through everything. So no, this was great. Appreciate it. It was wonderful. Well, thank you. Good luck in trying to uh get some folks hired. I am sure that they will um that you'll get a whole bunch. And I think, I think that if someone listened to this episode that you should bring that up into your, uh, in, in the hopefully get an interview or at least the first LinkedIn message. Hey, I listen to front office features. It's the greatest podcast on the face of the earth. And uh, I, I, I enjoyed your episode. I think those words would get you at least a response. I would say so. Front office features. You're in. Pearl Jam reference. <laughs> right. Go listen. Go watch the last episode of Jordan documentary and fast forward all the way to the end. And that song is called Present Tense and is the phenomenal song. Phenomenal. Anyway. Um, all right. Kate, that was fun. I had a blast. Uh, I will see you in the office tomorrow. Sounds good. Go Celtics. Appreciate go, it, Rob. <laughs> go Celtics.